0: Four Points Online. We are honored that you're joining us today. And if God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org slash my story. It's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. And if you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and choose to get there as well. We are so excited to hear a powerful message from God's Word today. In this series, we've been talking about finding our identity in Christ. And so, make sure you put hashtag four-point selfie, by the way, when you post those all over social media and we flood the market. Hashtag, let's trend it. All right, here we go. The whole series has been, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. if anyone is in Christ, say that one time, say in Christ. If any of us are in Christ, he or she, we, are a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And so if the new has come, how many of y'all know that it's better to stay in the new than go to the old? Come on. How many of y'all know that's true? How many of y'all like the old? Some of y'all. Hmm? I'm just playing. It's better. It's the best life. It's unbelievable. It's sweet. There's just something refreshing. There's peace in Christ. But it is really, really, really hard to stay in the new. The thing that I find as a pastor that's the most frustrated people get is when they find themselves in old struggles even though they've gotten saved and they're supposed to be made new. And I just want to tell you today of why I think that is. I want to end our selfie series with this thought, with this thought. Why is it that I keep on doing the stupid stuff that I've always done in my life and these things pop up and I've sinned and it's crazy and I hate my So let me ask y'all something before I show you this verse. How many of y'all have something? I'm gonna call y'all liars, so can we just all be on the same page? Like, let's just everybody's gonna raise their hand in a minute, and, or you're okay. How many of y'all have something? Well, this is the way you look, the way you act, the way you think, the way you something, something in your past that you wish you could take away and change. Be honest, you would look. Okay, I don't think I saw anybody, but if you did, you're a liar. So, (laughs) because the reality is, all of us there's just something. Like I like being tall. But there was a rap song back in the day when I was growing up, and it was, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish you had a girl who looked good, I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat and a 6'4 father. I get to be the 6'4 father part. But the next one says, I wish I was like 6'9". So anyway, I wanted to be really big, and I, and I had these basketball ideas, and I had all this stuff planned out for my life. And some of it happened, and some of it didn't. And whenever the reality starts setting in, and I start looking, I start going, I'm supposed to be you because yours is better than mine because you got this faster than me and you did this faster than me and then we get into this chaos of fake it till you make it which where are you going to make it if you're faking it because it ain't real and it ain't yours and it's all this chaotic mess and and we feel like throwing up because we look at ourselves we look in the mirror and go I don't even know you because I'm trying to be them here's where I think the problem comes in y'all The day that you got saved, something happened. You may not be emotional at all. You may be this. We come up to you like this. Is he breathing, right? Because we know people like that, and then we know people that are roller coasters. And, And there's people all over the place or just stoic all the time. Like, you win the lottery, $500 million. It's like, I'll be excited for you if you'll tithe. I'm just playing. All right, here we go. But maybe not playing. Here we go. But on both sides of those, there's still things in our life that we that we that we want to be and 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 we miss these things. And so listen, when I try to start acting like I need y'all to get this because it's gonna be so good. I wish I'd have done it last service. When we try to start acting thinking of the things that we're supposed to do, we can never operate in what we're called to do. So if all my mind is thinking is what's next, what's next, what's next? Where do I supposed to go? How's my hands supposed to be? How's my feet supposed to be? And I do the hokey pokey, turn myself around, right? And if that's all I ever do, then I can never never be me. And most of us think through this list of do's and don'ts. Don't do that. Do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And it can be simple. I didn't say easy. How many of y'all know that simple doesn't mean easy? So, just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's not simple. The equation is tight. The window is small. But most of us aren't even in, most of us don't even know there's a window there to look in. Most of us don't even know that there's a person that we can talk to that can help us become our true selves in Christ. And so, this is really where I'm gonna come from today about finding our identity in Christ. And it's Hebrews chapter 12. I love this chapter, y'all. Therefore, Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off the things and sin that we're entangled in, and let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Focus. Be attentive to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, with the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he's seated on the right hand of God. That's how it starts in chapter 12. And so with that in mind and in that thought, he continues in this dialogue. We don't know for sure who wrote Hebrews, but I... There's a good chance it was Paul, so I'm gonna say Paul, and if I'm wrong, we'll find out in heaven because nobody really knows, right? But in in verse 15, I love this thought. Y'all, look at this. It says, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God which translates in the original language, see to it that no one's focus gets so far off balance that they don't even look to Jesus. Because how many of y'all know that Hebrews 4 says that we receive mercy, but we find favor, we find grace. And if I'm not looking for it, I'm not going to find it. Is anybody here with me today? Am I talking to anybody? Listen, listen. If I'm not looking for it, I'm not going to receive it and obtain it. And so he says, see to it that that you keep doing what I said in verse 1 that we throw off and fix our eyes on. That no root of bitterness, y'all say root of bitterness. Bitterness. Root of bitterness. We're going to play myth, hashtag mythbusters in church today. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. and And by it, many become defiled. By it, many become defiled. Meaning jacked up. Let me just help you with the file. All kinds of problems. Root of bitterness. Have y'all been in church before where you've been taught that the only way that you can get the root of bitterness is to be to have an unforgiving spirit? Have y'all heard that before? Right. That's what we hear. This is like truth time. I think I've said it before. Don't tell anybody. Erase it online. Like I. Because it makes sense, right? How do I get bitter? Well, if I, if I don't forgive. And there is absolutely truth to that. There is biblical principle behind if I, if I harbor unforgiveness, then it can lead to bitterness in my heart. But that's not really the main reason why, and that's not definitely, that is definitely not the only way. Actually, what this says is that when we fail to obtain the grace of God, a root of bitterness pops up. And in this root of bitterness, here's the interesting fact, y'all. The root of bitterness is a picture of what Acts chapter 8 says when Simon the sorcerer, Simon the drug dealer, when Simon the sorcerer comes in and he's like, I want to get saved so that I can do those tricks because in his town, he was the one that could do all the miracles at the time, but he didn't know Jesus. And so when Peter and John came in and they started just touching people and bam, they were getting healed and they were like, oh snap. (laughs) I want Jesus, yes, I do. I want Jesus, How about you? Like this is awesome, right? Are y'all with me? so So they decided he decided, hey, I want the Holy Spirit to come in me so that I can start doing those magic tricks like you do. I want God for what He can do for me. Does this sound familiar in the church? Like God, I've been doing my thing for a long time. Why did you do this to me? God, I've been doing my thing for a long time. Why, why did you should not let? I thought if I did this, you would do this. And we come in with these terrible expectations, these unrealistic expectations, which is a lot of why we struggle in marriage and in the rest of our lives. But with God, it seems like it's the heaviest because he's this cosmic being with a white beard that sits on a throne, right? And all around him is clouds. And he just looks at us and goes, you get gifts and you don't. You get gifts and you don't. And that is not our God. Like, God is love. Like, not clouds, And and, and so when I equate him with these things, then I start operating this way. And I find my identity in you didn't do this for me, but you did it for him. And that is not right. Y'all listen, which is why I stopped looking at God. Because I think he loves you more than me. And I think if I do what you do, maybe I can get his love back. God, you wouldn't let this happen to my aunt. God, you wouldn't let this happen in my life if, and it's the most over-the-top, ridiculous way of thinking, y'all watch, that most people do. And if you want to know a person that does it and can see this this week, that I'm just like, I haven't thought about any of y'all when I think about this this week. I've prayed for y'all, but not like this. I just keep looking at my life and going, bro, y'all ever have conversations like that where you just go, bro. I, ladies, I'm not talking to y'all. But but I just look at myself in the mirror sometimes and go, this is going to preach good, but I might need to preach this to Mark first. Because so many times I've put God in this box and I've said, you've got to do what I need you to do or I'm not going to really be cool with you and I'll talk to you on the side. Instead of a soda on the side, we got a little Jesus on the side and it's all good and we get frustrated because we forget grace. And this root springs up. And in Acts 8, this is what Peter says. Listen to this. I want the Holy Spirit so I can do what y'all do. And Peter says, I, I sense A root of bitterness, and it actually says a gall of bitterness in Acts 8, which means that there's bile coming into your body. It is poison. It literally translates from root to poison, root to poison. And if God's root, which is the fruit of the Spirit, rooted in Christ, I'm found in Christ, if that root is sweet, then the opposite is poisonous, not just bitter. And it poisons and it toxifies my entire body so that when I speak to you, if I'm kind, it's only because I'm trying to fake it. Because if I'd ever operate in how I actually feel about you, y'all want to know how how to kill racism in this country? The fruit of the Spirit. Y'all want to know how to kill sexism in this country? The fruit of the Spirit. Not having seminars. Y'all, we could have a seminar of race relations in this place or we could have race relations in this place and love each other. I think that's a novel idea. I know that sounds crazy, but I think if we ever start operating in grace instead of operating in Mark, a lot of stuff will shift. But most of us live with this bile, this, this terrible poison in our lives called bitterness, and it springs up and it defiles. And by the way, this reads that it, that it causes all kinds of many of us to become defiled. But by the way, I believe after studying this that it also, in my bitterness, I, be, I can cause you to become defiled. So, so if I can do that in Christ, I bet I can do something else. I bet in my peace and in my joy, you can look at me. And even if you don't like me, you'll say, I want what he's got. But if I try to be impressive to you because I'm operating in bitterness, you won't want what I have. You'll just be disgusted with me and you might smile to my face. But in reality, you'll know that I'm operating in bitterness. And I think this is what's frustrating about bitterness is it comes out differently in everybody. How many of y'all know there's dozens of kind of different weeds, right? And my weed and your weed. That grows in my life may look different, but none of it's good. And it says it causes many kinds of trouble. And then watch this by it, many become defiled that no one. And then he starts telling you some sins, sexual, sexual immorality and unholy, just like Esau who, because he was operating in bitterness, he sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. And we look at Esau and we go, what an idiot! And we look at people who have, quote, fallen from grace, and we say, God bless them. We need to pray for them. Lord, just help them. But what about me? Because the moment that I say, bless them, Lord, one of my former players saw in first-year coach, I love this guy just like he's my family, and I felt sick all week about it. One of my former players I saw this week got arrested. I'm not going to tell you what he got arrested for because I don't want to be insincere, but it was not good. And I just started looking and I just felt sick. And I, I know most of y'all aren't coaches, but your moms and dads, some of you. And when I started looking at that, I just wanted to throw up and I wanted to cry and I wanted to go find him. I want to go in the jail. I don't know where he is, but I want to go get him. Not because what he did was right. And I get so tired of this, y'all. So you just want to go enable him? No. I don't want to tell him I love him. Listen, if you sin, you got to pay the piper and that's called consequences. But I still love him. My heart is just broken and I just want to go love him. Does that mean that I don't want to hit him? It doesn't. (laughs) But I love him. And in a weird way, I'm still proud of him. I'm not proud of what he did, but I'm proud of him because it's not my job to police the world and tell him how bad he is. How many of y'all know that he probably knows that sitting in a jail cell right now? And if the first thing that I thought of is this cat, this person, who will remain unnamed and not Mark, then I'm operating in the root of bitterness. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm preaching. The title of today's message is When Grace Gets Old. When Grace Gets Old. And I want y'all to know that we fail to walk in our new selves. Hashtag selfie. We We fail to walk in our new selves. We fail to have the correct identity in Christ and be comfortable in our own skin when the new gets old. When the new gets old. Because here's the reality. When Grace Gets Old or old selves creep in. How many of y'all know what this is? Say it out loud. One more time. Tap your neighbor and say, death to fidget spinners. Come on, let me hear it. Death to fidget spinners. Now, I'm ADD, so I, these would have been good for me back in the day. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Because... I talk junk about them, but then when I get my kids, I'm like, these are dumb. And I just find myself sitting on, sitting on the couch or sitting in the chair. and I'm like, why would they play with these? I've been doing this for 10 minutes, and I didn't even know it. But the point of this thing is not to spin it. <laughs> it is for me. But it's to show you something. Do y'all remember when these stupid things first came out? I called it stupid, and I mean it. That is from a bitter heart, but I'm saying it. All right, how many of y'all, Do y'all remember it? People with Bananas. They lost their flipping minds over this. It's a quarter. I just, my bitterness does not come from this. It comes from why didn't I invent this? We'd be rich, blah, blah, like it'd be amazing. Y'all don't know Chappelle. All right, here we go. This is what I've noticed about these things. I walked into youth one night. Uh, I was actually still here, and our students walked in, and a dude started pulling out of his book bag nine i mean one is a lot <laughs> two i guess you got two hands so we can go with it i almost cussed. what are you gonna do with nine of them <laughs> I mean, i'm just looking at so like, "Well, all of them can play or then i get them back and then I, I can do different fingers and he had all these tricks he can do i'm like dude it just spins like we're not impressed but it's cool and and they did all every single one of them did something different like for instance i think they'll all do a different light up right isn't that special they all light up different ways if you press it one time it does this two times this three times this and it's cool because at first they didn't light up did they and then they had to start lighting up and then they had to start spinning the spinners and then they had to start fidgeting the fidgeters and they had to start doing all these other things by the way Y'all ain't heard this? This is stupid and crazy. I've used that bad word. That's the bad word in my house. I've used it several times, but I, this is what I feel in my heart. So I'm just letting it out. They are Bluetooth now. You can put a song and, da, 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 and all this weird stuff. I'm like, yes, a fishing spinner. That's nothing to do with the point. But I, y'all just stay with me. Here's the deal. When they first came out, people lost their minds, and then. How many of y'all remember that they were cool, but then they weren't cool anymore, so I had to get a new one? And then it wasn't cool because it was just plain. so I had to get one that lit up. And it wasn't cool, so I gotta get one with Bluetooth. I gotta get a 25 cent thing that Bluetooth now, so it plays me music. And in our society and our lives, we all live in the tension of, just like my kids, who, when they're with Mimi and Papa who are in the room, or they're with Daddy and Mommy when they're in the room, we can't go to the mall and then not want something. Haston was asking me, yesterday, can we go to the mall, daddy?" I said, "No. We can go to your room is what we can do cuz ain't nothing new in there." Because chances are, you can't walk through Toys R Us without, "Can I get that? Can I get that? Can I get that? Can I get that? Can I get that?" And I'm like, "Is that all you can say? Can I get that?" Like that's unbelievable. Because the only thing we can think is, "New, no, new, no, new, no, new, no, new, no, new, no, new, no, new." No, I got to get something else. And our eyes are looking at everything else because we're not satisfied with that old thing anymore. And the crazy thing about this is, we're all this way, by the way, do y'all remember Christmas? Like you've been asking for two years for an Apple watch. You got an Apple watch. And you did like that and tried to get the next thing because you had 10 boxes to open. You might've liked it enough to put it on, but you still didn't think about it for more than five minutes until it buzzes you. And you've said since then, if this thing buzzes me one more time, I wish I could just take this thing or You can put it down. But. But it was so amazing, I had to have it, and then it gets old. Two weeks. I mean, I give people two weeks till their cool new thing. New. You get a new car and you love it, you pay the first payment, it's old. Y'all okay? And that's funny and it's crazy, but here's the truth we do that with grace. We do that with grace. Do y'all remember grace is the same Greek word as favor? And it's God's extending himself to us, providing for all my needs and being all that I can ever imagine. Doing more than I can ever believe, but it's not my way, it's his way. That's the tension. But when we have an improper view of God, we think God is supposed to just be there for us and do what we think he should do. And as soon as it goes a different way, we throw the old fidget spinner away and we go for the next new thing. And any time in my life, I fail to obtain the grace of the Lord Jesus. I I don't care where you come from. I don't care if you're black or white, Hispanic. I don't don't care. I don't care about any of those things. It doesn't matter who your mom and daddy is. None of those things matter. You're going to operate out of bitterness. Yeah, but you don't know about my husband. I'm not making light of that. But that ain't why you're bitter. You're bitter because you thought God did that to you. You're not bitter because of what happened to you. No one is bitter only based on circumstances. We're bitter because somehow, way, in our belief system, we thought it was God's fault. Every time. Every time. I don't care how many emails I get people arguing with me. You're allowed to be wrong. This is what the Bible says. I operate out of that, that bile, that poison. I think about... And, and I think it's, I'm going to get it wrong, but I think it's Exodus 16. When Moses walks up and the people get mad at him because the water is bitter. And God says, throw a log in there and it becomes sweet. I wonder in that story if it was because God was reminding us in Matthew chapter 7 that when I can see the log in my own eye, I won't look for the speck in yours and the bitter in me will become sweet. I just wonder that out loud, and we can keep moving. But but I bet that the bitter water in me will become sweeter if I stop looking at your sin and I start looking at mine. I must not be talking to anybody in here, so I'll just say amen, and we'll move on. But I'm tired in my life of grace getting old. I'm tired in my life of the only time I feel like worshiping God is when I feel a feeling, because I'm not just feelings-oriented. I'm going to be. And this is the thing that I think I'm the most tired of in church. I'm tired of feeling like we're just supposed to do a list of do's and don'ts, and I can never, ever not do all those don'ts. But it's probably because I'm operating in bitterness. Because bitterness is rooted when I look at God wrong. And if all I think is if I do those bad things, God is mad at me or I'm horrible, I've not considered grace and it's gotten me completely out of whack. So look at what Colossians 3 says. We're continuing from last week. Colossians 3 says, so kill off everything that's connected in that way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like doing it. And whatever attracts your fancy is what the message says. I think that's funny. Whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever you see, if it feels good, do it. Just go with it. And some of us would say, hmm. We don't like that until we stop, start not feeling good. Have y'all noticed in your life when you get really tired or, or when you're overwhelmed at work or when you're frustrated, that's when the sins that you hate about yourself start creeping up? Have y'all noticed that? I believe it's because our defense mechanism, which is the full armor of God, gets taken off and we just relax. Or we give ourselves excuses like, this is only for a season. I'm just going to do this for a minute. And fixing it is not creating an actual armor and wearing it to work because that would be weird. Okay? Y'all with me? What would work is grace. And if you just focus on the not-dos, you will keep doing the not-dos and you'll hate yourself and you'll talk more about the not-dos because you'll appreciate what you don't do and start looking at what they do. Because that's a life that's shaped by things and feelings instead of God. And that's how all of us operate because emotional reactionary living never leads to my true self. It never, never leads. And so if I can't operate being me without being so... then I'll always go back. And why am I that way? Why is it so frustrating? Because I didn't start with grace. I didn't start with how amazing God is. I didn't start with looking at myself and going, ugh, and looking at God and going, oh, my goodness. And then, and then remembering that he doesn't see me the way I see me, so I should start viewing myself the way he does. I, I won't keep doing what I used to do if he's how I start the conversation. But if I'm the conversation piece, then I'm going to fake it till I make it, which is much different than do it Before we are it. Because this flows from grace. This flows from God. You've called me to this. And even though they don't think I'm this, I don't care if they think I'm this or not. I'm going to start operating this way because there's a sweet spirit that you've put in. And even if they don't want to love me back, I'm going to love them with no strings attached. I'm going to stop looking at people as mission projects and stop looking at people as, "Mm, look what you did, and start looking at them as God's beautiful beings that he created in his image from the poorest person in the deserts of Africa to the richest person with an oceanfront house. Everybody is equal in God's eyes. And if I go on a mission trip to do a good service and not because God pulled my heart and I love these people, then I'm going to go back full of pride, which is from bitterness. So whatever it is that you believe God called you to do, do it before you are it. Just start doing it. Just start being what God called you to be. You don't have to get my permission. God, put that in you before the foundations of the world. Do it before you are it. And this is what he said. Listen, all of you who were chosen by God, that's everybody. All of you is who God is pulling on. It's not God's will that anybody should perish, but that everybody would walk with him. And he says, uh, chosen by God for this new life in Christ. That's what God's called us to. It doesn't matter who you are. We're all the same in this. Each of us have a unique calling, but all of us are the same in this. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Start dressing the part. Do it before you are it. So what does that look like? Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, and then discipline. discipline. I ain't any of those, pastor. Hashtag I'm with you, right? I, I understand. And I'm not asking you to start trying to be humble. I'm asking you to start looking at grace. I'm asking you to start your day, finish your day, in the middle of your day, in all parts. Jesus, I'm not your supplier of bread on a daily basis. God is. And if he's the last person I look at or just what I want a little sprinkle on the side, I just think he's supposed to provide what I want or come and go as I please. But when I begin to operate in Christ, I start walking, and I don't walk too fast, and I don't pull you along. I just say, listen, I'm going to go in grace, and so I'm not sprinting. I'm running this race. I'm doing it exactly how he called me to do it, and if you don't like it, I'm not going to cuss you. I'm not going to hate you, but it's okay. I don't need your approval, and this is how we have to operate, but we'll never do that from the root of bitterness, because we so need people's approval. And we think if we get it, we'll stop being so bitter. We'll stop having this, I don't know what's wrong with me. It must just be something I'm going through, but there's just anger in my heart. And some people struggle in that way with with generational things and that kind of stuff, but y'all, none of us have to be like that. Nobody. But you can't just try to stop being angry. You gotta look at Jesus. It says, be even-tempered. That is not marked naturally. Content with second place. Not marked naturally. Quick to forgive. Y'all want to say it? Not marked naturally, right? Forgive as quickly and completely as the master, as Jesus forgave you. This is one of those I'd like to tear out of my Bible, if y'all know what I'm talking about, if this is all I focus on. So I don't need to do bad, and I do need to do good, yeah, but... That's not the foundation. That's what happens. So this morning, I'm driving here. Not naturally even-tempered. Y'all remember that as the setup. Not naturally even-tempered. Driving here. I I normally stop by the On the Run um, on the west side of Spartanburg on the way here, and I get two, one for Austin, one for me. We get here about 7.30, and I get two big... um, drinks, 44 ounce drinks. And so I stopped in there, filled up mine, filled up his, and we're rolling to church. I get to this exit right here. I'm wrong way. I get to this exit right here to turn left and to be here in another mile and a half. And I'm, it's good. And I'm worshiping Jesus and I'm going after it. And, and when I turn my one cup holder is plenty tall enough and I don't have to worry about it. And my other one's really shallow. And so I just need to, if I'm gonna turn, I just need to put a little pinky on if y'all know what I'm talking about. We're gonna be fine and then we keep going. And then I didn't, because I was just worshiping and I was getting after it, and then BAM! The cup fell. So it's all good, right? Because it's just, it's just gonna spill a little bit like doggone. I need to pick it up. Well, when I did, the straw shot through the side of it, like the bottom corner side of it. So not the side, the bottom side. And I'm going. Like, I'm not, it didn't shoot through the side, and I'm stopped. I'm going, and so, and it's green, green. Of course. Thank you, Jesus, right? All praise goes to you. And so, this is what I look like. There's, there's freaking Diet Coke going everywhere in my van. Literally, I mean, the floorboard is covered. 44 ounces. And I'm like, oh gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. I get stopped at a red light. Praise God, the barnyard had a red light. And there was no drink left. And I was trying to plug it, but I was trying to drive, and this was, it was madness. And I just had to laugh. And without thinking about it, I was much more calm than I would have been because I've begun this process of looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. Not trying to perform. None of y'all saw it. Because here's the natural reaction, I think. God, I'm listening to worship music. Y'all ready? So why would you let this happen? Because we think God's up there going never will a bad thing ever happen to you. (laughs) Thou art my son. He's still on that cloud that I was talking about. And, And if that's the case, listen, then love cannot be in the equation because love's a decision. And I get to make choices. And by the way, if Mark had put his pinky on the drink, it wouldn't have spilled. So it was my fault. God didn't do that. The starter on my van is going out. And I was starting it. It went out completely. We went and got it. And then we, some of y'all are going to learn something. We tapped on it with the hammer and it started working again. Yes. One of these days, it's going to stop working again and I'm going to get it fixed. If the first thing that I think is, I've been working, God, I've been working my tail off for you. This is me. And I've been doing all this stuff and I'm trying so hard. Why would you let the starter go in my band? Now, it's an 03, bro. The starter in your band's going to go out. He didn't do it to you. It's called life. He's not up there going, clouds move. Now Mark does not get a start. I'm going to replace his starter in Jesus' name. He's not a magician. That Listen, don't miss this. That's Simon. That's Simon the sorcerer who wants Jesus to do these magic trees for him. Why does Jesus want to perform a miracle and use me? For him. So that when people see me, they go, my gosh, I want what he's got. So that even when they're wrong, they can say, I experienced this dude and he was crazy. He was loud. He had a big old head and lips and it was unbelievable, whatever. But I experienced Jesus at his church. Because if you say that's a good message and that's the only thing people hear, you say, man, worship is awesome, which it is amazing. That's not our goal. Our goal is that you can experience the presence of God. Listen, that can't happen outside of grace. I don't care how many tongues you pray in. I don't care how many oils you throw on yourself. I don't care how many of that stuff you... It's not about those things. It's about Jesus. And the minute that I forget, the minute... Because difficulty comes in, y'all. Difficulty. But a lot of times, y'all, listen. A lot of times that bitter pill when it's mixed with the sweetest fragrance is because blended together, it's the perfect aroma of Jesus. Here's where people get it wrong. Here's where people get it wrong. They let the bitter pill define them and they start operating in that bitterness. And that was never supposed to define you. It was supposed to complete you in Christ. He knows the things that happen and he was never mad at you for those things to happen. God doesn't come down with lightning bolts because you sinned. God allows things to work together for our good and his glory. And when I stop remembering, then I start operating the opposite of what he told me to do. What's that look like? Thank you for asking. Regardless of what else we do, we don't wear love, do we? Because I can't just try to love somebody. And eventually I won't love you. Eventually I'll find something in you that I don't like because Lord... Jesus knows that you'll find something in me that you don't like. I got plenty. I can give you my list. But if we don't think about it that way and we remember the log in our own eye and not the speck in yours, the only thing I can think is those people are crazy dumb. I completely disagree with them. But I sure do love them because I see them as the way God sees them. Children of his, made in his image. Because that's your basic all purpose garment that we're supposed to to start with. Never leave home without it. I love that in. Don't leave home without it. I don't care what you think your protection is, there's nothing like grace. So some of us have to start leaving home and walking it out before we do it. And then watch this, I love this, I love this so much. Walk in the wisdom, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of your time. Let, Let your speech always, say always, Say it one more time. Say always. Always, always, always. That doesn't mean some of the time we're not the exception to the rule. Let your speech always be gracious. I can't have gracious speech if I didn't start my morning with grace. I can't have gracious speech if I forgot him at lunchtime. Let, let your speech always be gracious and then season with salt. We love to always be salty and season with grace. I care a lot more about being right than about you being right with God. That was good, but... Maybe it was this kind of good. So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. My gosh, if we could just flash this up, I'm talking to Mark. For ourselves before we tweet or Facebook. I'm gonna hold this here till y'all talk to me. Till we talk to our children, till we talk to our parents, till we talk to our coworkers, till we talk. It changed my life. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one in here that needs this but it would change my life. This is the last thing. This is all Paul writing this and this is what Paul said, y'all. So can I give y'all the context as I close? Paul is in this place called the Mamertine Prison. Say Mamertine. Mamertine Prison is in Rome. You can go there today and look at it. If you go there today and look at it, you're not gonna go, man, I wish I could hang out in there. It is a cave with a hole in the top and it would come up to here on me. Paul spent his last days and wrote this in there. Think about this. Think about this. How many times in our life have we looked at our circumstances and gone, where's God in all this? We may never have voiced it out loud, right? But in our hearts, that's what we thought. God, how could you let this? God, how could this be? Up till this point, Paul had been shipwrecked. He had been killed, listen to me, and brought to life. So that's awkward. You kind of hope when that happens, maybe this thing won't happen again because that whole death thing was awkward. Beaten, 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 abused, thrown in prison, back out, thrown in prison, back out. The shipwreck was nuts that he was in. And then he goes into prison and he knows that Rome is the end. He knows he's about to get clack So right now you should be angry. Like we look at people and we go, I'd be mad if that was me. That. That's the only, I'm telling you, no matter what the circumstance is. Yeah, but what about so-and-so that lost a loved one? No matter what the circumstance is. The only way that bitterness can creep in is if we have a bad view of God. And Paul certainly did not. He said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Because I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live as Christ in me who now lives. Watch this. He's talking to his apprentice, to Timothy, who was in Ephesus pastoring at the time. And he's like, I'm getting this to you because I believe in you. Just like he believed in every person and he gave his life to a few. And it says, the grace of our Lord Jesus. When I was reading this week, y'all, when I was reading this verse, I wrote a paper in college and it was, I want my life to have the impact of Paul. Stupid. Looking back on it, it's funny. I don't think it's stupid. I had good intentions. It's just misguided because I wish the paper could say, now I wish I saw grace like Paul. And I don't want to be Paul. I want to be Mark, full of the Lord's grace, operating in his grace. I'm not supposed to go in a boat that's wooden to all the different, to Turkey and to Greece and to, to Cyprus and to all these places and take the gospel. That's not my call. My call is mine, and your call is yours. And if we try to accomplish what they did, we forget this. Here's what separated Paul from Mark right now in my life. I don't know if Paul could speak better than me. I would think he was probably pretty doggone good at it, but that's not the point. He remembered Jesus always, always. Pastor, I want to have a better self-image. Remember, Jesus always. Y'all, this has me so torn up because this is right where I'm in in my life. I was just looking at this chapter and I was thinking about where he was. I, can, I, I like to envision things and put myself in the context. And I actually, in my office, was sitting on the ground because I know that's how it had to be. And I lit, Leah had lit a candle actually that morning. No one saw this. And I just thought, my goodness, what grace to be able to live that way. What grace. It's available for Mark and for you. What grace? To be able to pin the grace of the Lord Jesus overflowed for me. I'm in a prison. I'm about to die. I get fed through a hole in the freaking ground. I pee in the same place that I sleep. What grace is overflowing for me? I look at my life all the time and I say, woe is me. All the time. And I would tell you that I'm not frustrated with God, but the reality is I ask God all the time, why'd that happen? Why can't I say thanks be to God? Because you're operating in bitterness. Because it's not grace that you think about first. Because you forget what a vile sinner you were and that you've been made alive in Christ. Because you look at everybody else before you look at you and you try to pull them along. It's not my job to pull you along. It's my job to walk in grace and offer you the opportunity. And I just say thanks be to God for the grace that has overflowed in Mark's life. We started saying this at the supper table. I think I told y'all this recently. We ask our kids, who's got it better than us? And we all laugh and say, nobody. Because I'm going to tell you something. You got a bigger house than me. You may bring home more than Leah and I. But I don't care. I got grace. It's not about what you make. It's not about where you live. It's about grace. Look at this. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. And that is so easy to jump over. You've got to take all this in and let it, and embrace this as your DNA. Because you may new, and this is what changes everything, that Christ came into the world to save Mark. To save y'all. And then Paul finishes it and it's the exclamation point on the end of this entire message. I'm the chief of all of them, y'all. If you're suffering for Jesus in a prison and you're about to die. This ain't faking it till you make it. This is running the race. <clears throat> I'm not going to try to love you. I'm going to look at grace. I'm not going to try to be a better father and better husband. I'm going to operate out of his goodness. I'm going to remember every day that even though I let circumstances define me, this isn't getting old. I'm not going to throw it back and look for the next new fun thing. I'm going to look at grace. And I don't care what you throw at me. I don't care what comes against me. I will operate on a level that no one can understand as soon as he's all I need. So this is how I'll close. I'm talking to somebody in this room that has a root of bitterness that's crept up in their lives. It's overwhelmed you. Can I tell you all some good news? This pastor would have been down here with you a few weeks back. And the only way you can know your true self is to start in grace every day. And the way you start, this whole process is by giving your heart and life to Jesus by saying, I'm tired of being bitter and I want you to save me from my sin. So our worship team is going to do something a little different. We're going to go over about 10 minutes. But we're going to sing two songs. And I want y'all to have a chance to make this your altar right now. Because I just believe the Holy Spirit's moving in y'all. And I want y'all to have a chance to just lay it down. This isn't magic. This is concrete. (laughs) Are y'all with me? This is concrete floors. There's not a magic thing. If you come down here, you get it. If you stay there, you don't. But we want to pray over you. And I believe some of you are ready to lay down your old self. And pick up the new and walk out of here full of grace. And truth. That's Jesus, by the way. He was full of grace and truth. Can I pray with you? God, I love you. And I'm so thankful that on my worst day, you offer me the same grace. That on my best day, you offer me the same grace. That you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And no matter what I do, you love me. In Jesus' name, I just declare peace over this room. I declare a blessed people that your shalom, that your your overwhelming peace Is just cast on all the past and all the shame. And it's rooted and founded in your grace. Jesus, draw people to yourself right now because it's not me, but it's you that does that. Today's the day of salvation, Lord Jesus. Draw them to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let this be your altar. Y'all stand with us and sing.